This week, I see if Evangelion is a masterpiece or overrated. Because young boys and girls, like a cruel angel, it's time to become a legend. And I'm Garrett, and we watch anime. Garrett, this week we are about to step into the bear trap of anime fandom. The true test to see if one truly gets anime, or if you're just a sucky Fairweather fan who probably only likes Pokemon or something. Alright, kidding aside, this property is considered by many to be the masterpiece of anime because of its themes, its fresh take on the time of Mecha, and its super controversial last episode. That's right, we, this t- week we try to touch the burning stove as we discuss the action mecha psychological drama known as Neon Genesis, Neon Genesis Evangelion. But before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this show? Don't even press play unless you've dropped the tiniest hit of acid. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think for me, it's one of those things where I don't even know how I can like lightly graze you into this. This is like one of those things where honestly could should be, you know, jump in or GTFO. But you know, our show has a format. No reason to <laughs> <for> it now. <laughs> oh. So once again, the show we're going to do today is the show Neon Genesis Evangelion. And you may have heard me trip it up before because I really wanted to say the last word so well that I messed up the word Genesis. So <laughs> it's really Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, it's a show that ran for 26 episodes between 95 and 96. So this was an anime first before it was anything. And it was run by a very small, uh, you know, thing that was constantly running on a budget, a studio that was constantly running under deadlines and issues. And, and that so it was like, it was like an art house anime. It really was. Company. And you can kind of tell from the last episode that it was getting so skeleton crew that the author kind of lost his mind at the end. But we'll get into that part in the second. <laughs> so uh, once again, this, I cannot stress this show enough for you, Garrett, is, is like the most super important, super influential, and ultimately most super controversial to the fandom. There are people who swear. It's like, I, how, do, how do I say? It's like saying like, you can't like, you know, rock without Stairway to Heaven. You can't love movies without Citizen Kane. This is that style. I mean, that's how important the show is. It's also, and I don't want to, I mean, I can't even say I want to give anything away because I'm really not sure what happened. <laughs> but there is a, the same, there is a subsect that defends the show the same way there's a whole lot of bros in my mind who think Fight Club is like the epitome of, <laughs> of like cinema. Yeah, and I, and I think ultimately it is a matter of like time that makes this kind of thing as influential as it does because, and we'll kind of go over the history of where things go. Like it was kind of the first time in which what would normally be considered a kitty art was kind of given more adult themes. And I want to talk about it because we might poo-poo or rubber, you know, stick our noses up at that. But ultimately in 95 and 96, shows that we were watching at that time were The Power Rangers, Batman the Animated Series and X-Men, the latter of two I would I would argue like were the first to be like kids are not dumb. They know what they're watching, right? Uh, you you mean X-Men? Yeah, X-Men and specifically X- Batman X-Men the Series. Was, was incredibly smart for a child. I mean like any 
The amount of time that they dedicated to Beast soliloquying on, on the episode uh, was, was, it was quite often. You're absolutely right about X-Men uh, animated series. My stars and garters. Yeah, no, this is one of those, this is one of those things where like, uh, you know, we have to remember like at that time, anime was very specific and it had very common tropes, kind of like cartoons did in our time. Mm-hmm. And it, this was the time in which it was getting more adult. It was getting more like, like X-Men was talking about race and prejudice and Batman, the animated series really dove into issues of mental health. So we got to give it, it's like, we have to kind of put it in the window of the time it came out in, but nonetheless is, is it's fandom is pretty strong. But the, the things that the, those shows beautifully did it without hitting you over the head with it. I would I, say I feel that a lot yeah. of stuff that we watch today, I'm not saying it's virtue signaling, mm-hmm. but it's just like banging a hammer over your head. And people, whether it is the right thing or the wrong thing, mm-hmm. people do not like to be forced to told, be told what to do. That's why, much to your point about X-Men and Batman, the animated series. That's why I've said it before. I'll say it again. That's why I always appreciated Star Trek, both the original series and the next generation, because mm-hmm. they dealt with all these social issues, but they made it about an alien race and a different planet. Mm-hmm. And so people are seeing, you know, how you should really react and behave to these sorts of things. But, uh, but it's also distant, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off, uh, but yes, I absolutely agree. Although I guess I never sat down and thought about Batman being about mental health. Yes, it really was. Because if you think about it, Batman's whole rogue gallery, all of the villains are it's essentially, trauma. are all different forms of mental illnesses like Joker psychosis. Uh, Riddler is obsessive compulsive disorder. Two-Face is uh, schizophrenia. So it really is, if you really think about it, all about it. And they kind of really dove into it with that like neo-Gothic noir style, which I really loved. But mm-hmm. that's an American sentiment. I know people who listen to this for the Japanese stuff. So once again, this show came out in 95. And at that time, the real crux of TV, and also again, we'll reflect it on America's show, was based on the idea of what's called the kaiju genre. Now, kaiju in, in Japanese means uh, strange creature, but it really started with like the idea of Godzilla. You know, it's, it's, right. it essentially means large creatures going into cities kick in the city's ass until something stops it basically. And then eventually Godzilla doesn't want to protect the city from other things like giant moths and stuff like that. But this was a very, very common genre was the Kaiju genre. So yeah. And, uh, and, and ultimately what kind of became the counterpoint to that was the Sentai genre, which Mm -hmm. is the idea that, well, we're not going to let this big lizard just kill the entire city. We're going to create a counter, a superhero counterpart, that's going to beat up on the kaiju, either by them getting big themselves or getting into robots. Okay. So yeah. Sentai is Voltron. Sentai yeah. is Power Rangers. That's Sentai is tentacle porn. Sentai is go-go Power Rangers. Hentai is go-go do my holes. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking, of, speaking of go-go do my holes... Uh, <laughs> So for those who might notice a slightly different background, those watching on YouTube, you see this water mill behind me. I'm currently uh, in a town called Three Rivers, California, just outside the entrance to Sequoia National Park. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up, at least for Kyle's entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, 
these massive trees and the biggest ones are 40 feet in diameter. They are just stunning. You drive through them. Yeah. Yes, they are absolutely stunning. But sometimes they fall over. And when they fall over, they might lay there for a thousand years. They are pretty, uh, they, they do not decay or rot easily. And so throughout the park, a lot of times, there are these like, gnarly stars of the roots because despite being these massive 200 foot trees the roots are only like three or four feet deep and so the bottom of this tree looks like uh as kyle called it a tooth anus it looks like the kraken in pirates of the caribbean 2 that eats johnny depp at the end of the movie that's what like the roots of these trees are like so you know sentai hentai Yes, so that we've got those distinctions too. So, basically, at this time, you were seeing a we were bereft of Voltrons, the Power Rangers, Ultraman, the idea of robots kicking big creatures in the city's butt, and this was kind of the new take on it. This was the subversion mm-hmm. of that genre, and so let's talk a little bit about it. Neon Genesis Evangelion. What is it about, for the most part, Garrett? If you can okay. understand, if you understood it, because I know you say you didn't really. <laughs> well, I did. I mean, it's just a little trippy. So, in short, and I'm not going to get any of the names correctly. Yeah. There's a 14 year old boy mm-hmm. whose father is the lead scientist at a Japanese governmental agency called Nerve. Right. Okay. Let me go back a little bit further because I think this was what started Nerve. Mm-hmm. 15 years prior prior to the in first the year episode, of and what years was this taking place in our lord and savior <laughs> no this 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 was i, I don't know what was the year the 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 whole show took place in the distant future of 2015 but oh, <laughs> the, the major cataclysm oh. happened in 2000 so this is a show in which y2k actually happened <laughs> right so so 15 years previous or the year in <laughs> In the year 2000, uh, a creature, I, and I don't know if it came from the sea, if it came from the sky, or where it came from, but a giant Godzilla-esque creature came and destroyed one of the Tokyos. Because according to this show, it seems like there's three different Tokyos. Yeah. I don't know if they keep destroying Tokyos and building new Tokyos. Which it's is like Ikea, you just get a new set, a new right. kit and create a new one. Which, there's like no land in, in Japan, so I have no idea how they're doing this. But... <laughs> So 15 years later, uh, this government agency Nerve exists and their sole purpose appears to be preparing to ward off future attacks of these large creatures who they have dubbed angels. Angels, yes. Why they call them angels? Because everything angel is a positive connotation. Everything monster stomping your city is a negative connotation. So I'm not quite sure I get that point. So we have these angels, we have these monsters. And this 14-year-old boy, his father is the lead scientist behind Nerve. And 15 years after the initial incident, another monster, I'm going to call them monsters, another monster slash angel returns and starts causing havoc. The military, and and what can only be described as writers who have no idea what government does. (laughs) Um, So the government just basically goes all out trying to destroy them, nuke. like a nuclear landmine, all this other stuff. But they also have the UN firing at them. And if we know anything is that the UN doesn't do anything like war related, but so they keep firing at this, this creature 
and it just it's coming back stronger it's learning their moves there's nothing they can do so they turn to this boy's father who's this lead scientist and they're like go with project eva or project zero zero or project zero one i forget yeah. exactly what it was called and essentially they released this mech warrior or this giant bodysuit which is just as big as the as the monster itself um and am i skipping ahead here no you're doing you're doing a pretty good job right. basically it's these things are called avas and they're the things that the government has decided to, right. to beat them but the weird thing about avas is that not anybody can pilot an right. ava only 14 year old children <laughs> yeah only small children can can pilot these robots and in my head I and there's only three in the show that can yeah in my head, I keep thinking, is that because the cockpit's small? And I'm like, just make a bigger cockpit. Like, I wish that was it, but apparently they synchronize with the creature and you have to find a, a, a genetic thing that... So there is supposedly a reason why they're getting into this thing. But Right, the, and so, yeah. so, so this little boy, he has a, like a distant relationship with his father. I imagine his father is a, an overworker, overachiever who was never home for toast in the morning or dinner at night. Distant, so he's here, I would say, distant, I would say is an understatement. This, got, right. this dad is, would, will never win father of the year. As far as I'm concerned, he's kind right. of a giant jerk to his son. You know? Sure, sure. And he's such a jerk that he wears glasses that he pushes up with two fingers. He's the, he is the OG of the Mega Knight character. Like, he's the one who made the glasses shine. Like, such a stylistic thing. So, yeah. So, so in, in what can only be described as a desperate effort to win approval from his father, this 14-year-old boy is recruited to become one of the pilots of one of the Avas. And he sinks right in, just like the Matrix, plugs right in, and he's like Neo, and it's like a second skin for him. Um, yeah. All the while, there are rules and there are regulations and there are people running the program, including two really young girls. I have no idea what they're doing or how they got in there, but they are like his life coaches. Um, Mitatsu? Is that her name, Miss Mitatsu? Yeah, Mitsuko. Uh, what is it? Yeah, Misato. Misato Katsuragi. Misato. Misato. She's like her. Uh, he, she's like the captain of this of this yeah. squad. And but right. she's kind of uh, but a she's like but she's like eighteen and she's lusting after the fourteen year old and she's like, yeah. Oh, it's weird, it's it. an interesting relationship. I also don't want to like gloss over what this this city nerve does on top of what the aim is all about. So. Let me let's us let us paint a picture, Garrett, together, a mental image, if you will. Mm -hmm. The city, when a beast comes in, goes from the full relief upwards of the town to below town. So basically, imagine the city of Tokyo does the exact same thing upside down underground. That's the right. first. They, thing. they have they have the upside down. They have the great upside down, you're right. So for someone who says he's at the top of the building, now becomes the lowest hanging part of the building. So that's yeah. the first thing. The second thing is when you get into the Ava, essentially you become you get into like this weird neck suppository that gets injected into the back of the Ava's neck, and then it floods with like pink goo. And like I remember the first time the the, the thing fills with goo, the kid's like, oh, 
easily because he's like I'm, I'm i can't breathe underwater but she's like once the lcl fluid fills your lungs it'll become second nature i'm like how well ever big feel second nature for you to just well, like inhale, i'll, I'll like, tell you how kyle that's sensory gel so you know if you are in the cockpit of a plane or a fighter jet you only have so much mobility with a joystick and with buttons and with switches but by allowing your neural neural you know, pathways to become one by letting the LCL fluids into your lungs. Yes. Uh, naturally, uh, you, you control it as if it's a second skin. Right. It, it feels, you, you, your nerves and everything feels like it's together with this creature. But I was just like, it's just like easily like, I'm going to die. You're like getting waterboarded every time you go into this damn machine. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, like, I, I just want, I, I also don't want to emphasize, Shinji and his dad just do not get along. Like, Shinji shows up and his dad is constantly showing up behind opening doors with, like, a giant scowl, like, looking down at him perpetually. Like, he's, like, a witch from some, from some Disney show, like, movie. Like, just, like, one and a, and there he is just, like, staring at him. Like, it's, it's wild. Like, the setup is not good for Shinji. He, he really does not like this idea. So um and another thing is the the angels is interesting because unlike kaiju which like like godzilla when he shows up he's just like oh that's a building he's just like he doesn't have like a purpose it seems like the angels regardless like every time a new angel comes in it knows better it learns better and it's Mm -hmm. like an upgrade and knows how to do what the last one failed at so it's kind of an interesting thing of like seeing the world's constantly try to kick tokyo's ass essentially over the course of the show Whenever I see a, a, a genre like this, my thought, well, my first thought is, oh my God, the city and country's budget must be out of control. Insane. Must because, be. well, because after 15 years when this first one attacks, like 12 days later, they're like, the city's back up and running. And I'm like, I'm sorry. How long do you think it would take New York City to rebuild a maglev train? Like, and how much money, how many billions and trillions of dollars would that take? And also just remember, another thing that this show posits is that Tokyo, for lack of a better term, is like a ghost town. Like, no one actually lives in the buildings when they're above ground. They're literally, like, this show constantly has a lot of, like, empty street scenes where, like, he's waiting, he's the only person waiting for the train, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. So, so clearly the angels aren't learning that no one lives there any freaking more. Yeah, that's true. They're getting there though. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, I think it's important to talk about the fact that this is kind of like the monster of the day kind of show. It's kind of like Power Rangers with Rita Repulsa, which was my favorite part with like make a clay monster, throw it into the kiln and it would pop out and become like the oink man or some stupid like creature. And then the creature, then like the creature would punch out the, the power Rangers. And then all of a sudden Rita Repulsa would be like, get bigger. And she'd throw the stick at the thing and it would get bigger. It, it follows that same formula, except the, the Kaiju always, the angels are constantly big. Um, and then like the Ava's have to find a way of killing these things. So it's a little bit, better than that idea of the Ultraman. So the the first angel was kind of like a black night crawler with an eye in its chest. Yeah, everyone has like a little orb in the middle. That's how you're supposed to kill okay. it. It's very much like freezing uh, in that regard. But um, 
yeah and and then it also like learns and it like grows different faces and like it, it learns to get better and that's another problem is that they all have this kind of force field around it called an at field you're starting to hear where freezing started to bite off of these things right you're starting to hear wow. the similarities with certain things um and they uh and so you're just gotta constantly have to stab it's it's red orb essentially or shoot it to get better but I think one thing to note about this show in particular was how influential it was for the time. Um, the first is that it's extremely cerebral. So that's the one thing. And then you say kind of like hits you over the head and it really does. Like Shinji is like a mopey dope all day. He doesn't want to be, he do, He legit does not want to be. In fact, the third episode is, is, is Shinji quitting essentially. You don't watch any, you don't fight, watch any fighting. You don't watch any robot shooting and stuff like that. He's just like, all right, peace out, I'm done. Because in episode two, he fights this giant duodenum with a, <laughs> which I'm serious, that, that second, the second angel you see is a penis. Like it was a penis with a, with a red orb and it's, and it had a prince. I thought it was a squid, but I hear yeah. what you're saying. And it had like a, had like a, had like a Prince Albert in its chin. And it was a hard battle to get through. And he was like, screw this, I'm out of here. And he like legit quit. So this kind of shows that... Also, like, also, he kept trying to remember a mantra, and it yeah. was the stupidest thing in the world. Right. It was So he has this, like, whether he's using... And this doesn't make sense, because the whole let the LCL fluid in your lungs and you become <laughs> one with the machine, you shouldn't need to use joysticks or controllers. However, right. he has, like, like, an arcade gun that yeah. controls all of his weapons and right. the words of his instructor keep coming into his brain about mm -hmm. uh finding the target and shooting and i'm like right. oh man that was deep find yeah. the target shoot and he seems like he's getting very like you know very like um like child soldiery about it too which is kind of weird yeah. too. like very much like Find the target, pull the trigger. Find the target, pull the trigger. It's very, it very much touches not so like the this this battles of the angels. While interesting, are secondary to the idea that this show is honestly about abuse. This show is honestly about Shinji being abused by his father, being abused by the world at large that expects big mm -hmm. things from him because he is the only one that does it. Um, and that's kind of why it was kind of seen so importantly. Um, there's also a, two other pilots called, which was wild when I bet you saw this, uh, her name's Ray and she's mm -hmm. zero zero. And, and, um, what's interesting about her was that when Shinji like refused to get in the robot the first time, he's like, screw this. I'm not getting the robot. They're like, all right, well, guess send in zero zero. And like, should they send out Ray who apparently must've gotten her ass beat? Like she's like on a stretcher. Her, she's got a freaking eye patch. Her arm is in a sling, and they're gonna like shove this chick in the in the robot. We got no choice. I guess that was. I don't know if that was either. Like they really had no choice, or they really want Shinji right. to feel bad about it. But that was that was so effed up. <laughs> to like shove the chick in the robot. She may be almost dying, but go for it. He's uh, like, I I I guess I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if this girl's gonna be uh, thrown in there, I guess I'll do it. So. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like where the show goes. Uh, there's another character that you'll meet eventually uh, who goes uh, by the name of, um, where is he where I have it written? Uh, so stupid that I wrote it. Uh, yeah, As Asuka Langley, she's German, and she's kind of like the tsundere of the group. She's kind of like the back up, back up, back up kind of girl, and she pilots another one, uh, Ava 2. Uh, and that's kind of her thing. She's and they're she's, all 14 years old, right? They're all 14 years old. 
he kind of has a weird dual harem, you know, in that he raised the coup today. She's the like, oh, I'm injured, but I'm going to go in this robot anyway. And then you got Asuka, who's the like, back it, back it, you said you back it, don't look my panties back it kind of girl. And uh, so that's, that's those, those three, only three people who compiled these, these robots. You looked at my Ava's panties. Yes. <laughs> don't look at my Ava's panties, you back it. And uh, so we get to, um, this is another thing that like, I wanted to make very clear, folks out there. Um, I'm a weeb. Everybody knows this about me. I love anime. I love most anime. And, and I'll watch all anime, given enough booze or just the time or if I'm bored, I'll, I'll watch most anime. Mecha is one of the animes I can't stand the most. And I'll tell you why. Ever since Neon Genesis Evangelion came out, the brooding mecha character mm. is so common now that it's almost parody. And But like, it'd be one thing if you were a brooding character that was like in open space and so talking to the yeah. world. Like, now, it's, if you're in a if, and mecha anime is basically people being sat in wheelchairs. If I was to do a short and recent you know, like it. it's 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 Top Gun to me, right? It's, yeah, exactly. The guy who does, it's the guy who's so talented he doesn't even have to try, so he doesn't, and he, they have to find redemption mm -hmm. and self worth by deciding that it's time to actually try. It's like Maverick from from Top Gun. Yes, but on a more service level, Garrett, I, I say this. I said this before. It's it's like I'm a sad person in a wheelchair. That's what Mecca is. It's literally people sitting down being sad. <laughs> that is what Mecca is. Okay. So sad in a dark sitting watched, down. So because I haven't watched any Mecca, right. that trope that they use, I, I, I assume you're being literal with the character in a wheelchair. Right. Yeah, yeah. Basically, so I, I assume like that that character, I assume that that character gets to be the lead because in a mecha world, it doesn't actually matter if you can use your legs. Right, correct. Oh, although, so, although, so it's actually, it's, um, God, what was that James Cameron film? Oh my God, I don't even know. Avatar. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I'm not making an actual paraplegic stance. I'm saying it literally is put a person, make them very sad in a chair in a dark room, and that's what Mecha is. It's just a lot of like, oh my God, there was a person in that robot. Like that is generally what you get out of Mecha, and I don't like it. Gundam, um, a big, another big one's called Gundam is another series that does the style, and it's a lot of that like, oh, I'm sad in my robot, like that kind of stuff. I just, it's not my thing, and I'm not a huge uh, fan of it. And I also would be remiss, Garrett, if I didn't talk about one of our shows that we watched from the uh, our 25th anniversary, 25th episode anniversary, Skelter Heaven. Do you remember that okay. show in which there was a terrible Mario squid that was that was hitting the city and they had girls oh, half, half in their robots? Yes. Do you now see the similarities between that show and... Yes, he was, but that was like a William Street squid, like <laughs> hanging above the city where like he talked, but his mouth, there was no mouth to move or anything. Like yeah, that. and yeah, the I see exactly the, the road you're going down with that. This, I remember when I was writing, it's like, wow, they really tried hard to do Neon Genesis Evangelion and really just did not have the budget to pull it off. Oh my God, that's really bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So I just wanted to make sure we gave that space because I was like, one day we're going to go over Neon Genesis Evangelion and I want you to see if you can remember Skelter having at this point. Um, another thing that's really cool about this show is that um, there is kind of a weird love interest between, it's like a love triangle between Asuka and Ray. You didn't get there just yet at this point, mm-hmm. but it's really kind of like, it's kind of like a growing, a coming of age tale at the same time too. So I would want them to mix in the instructor. You think Misato like trying to get with the 14 year old is kind of a key thing or? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that she's young herself. I mean, anytime you look to the future in the apocalypse and, or, and like when you're fighting off aliens or, or, or angels or what have you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've lost a lot of good soldiers. It's just a whole lot of young people remaining and young people under stressful conditions and you get a little, uh, uh, you know, you get a little love action and sometimes uh, people are the same age and sometimes they're not, you know, yeah. Well, what's interesting, they have a weird relationship, and I do want to dive into that for a second. Misato is his, is Shinji's commander, essentially, like his sec, is the person he, he reports to. And she is, she does not show military at all through the course of this show. She's kind of the weird comic relief for someone who's kind of the boss of this group. And she drives a Camaro. She drives a Camaro and she's constantly trying to patch it up as the angels destroy the city, that kind of stuff. She also like lives in a very dirty apartment with beer cans all over the place. This woman has an amazing figure for all the beer that she drinks. Right. Um, and she also was like quick to be like, hey, Shinji, why did you stay with me? So now on top of being her, his subordinate, now they're roommates, which is a very interesting combination. So- the all jokes aside, though I would support a romantic relationship in this aspect. Right. If they, it sounds like they ended the show after uh, episode twenty six, but if they had continued it and they needed storylines, yeah. If you told me that we found out that she had a brother that she lost in an attack. And Shinji is like a little brother to her. And that's why she's taking him in and watching out for him. I would accept that storyline. Right, 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 right. And I think what's also pretty interesting is that they also show Shinji's life at school, which if I'm the pilot of a, you know, Earth, one of three people that pilot a robot, Mm -hmm. I would say going to a general class school is not, on my to-do list you know it's a very weird thing it's like he has a very weird pedestrian life and then he's shoved into a robot it's like he he goes home to his captain roommate who's like (laughs) five years older than him and clearly an adult he then goes to school at a you know learns a boring lesson and then he gets shoved into a robot just to stab angels in the chest with a with battle knife like it's not like a very congruous life i don't know what you think about that well, I mean, I'm fine if you're in regular school and then you become the pilot, but then you're going to be pulled out for training and private tutoring if you really need to continue school. You're not just going to be like, well, killed that monster on Sunday. I'm going to go back and do calc on Monday. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem very congruous with a, with a normal lifestyle. And it's funny because, like, he's, you know, he it seems like all of the pilots are in one class, class too. So it's like, let's put all the, the pilots in one class and raise the injured girl looking out the window. And he's just like yeah. brooding, you know, quiet boy in the front of class. And they're like, I don't know about that guy. He seems suspicious. And then like all the girls are giving him like, instead of the notes that say, will you date me? Yes, no. 
which we just kind of this also forecasted things of the laptops in the classroom they like right. text them in class and it's like are you yep. a pilot and then he goes yes and the whole class erupts like and what's funny is the teacher just doesn't stop teaching too he just kind of like doesn't care that the kids are not paying attention at all to him <laughs> so it was just a, it's just good it, it works in a lot of ways it, it does have its like it does have its place in, in how it does things. But some of the stuff I'm like, well, why do we have a, like, why is it a roommate comedy? Why is it also a school comedy? What is, like, if it can't be both, this kid has massive trauma from riding these robots and fighting these angels too. Now he's a teenager who has to like do, as you said, do calc. It was just, that, that's a weird thing to me, but I don't know. That's just my flag. All right, man. So yeah, um, and and the, over the course of the anime, they they find fight newer and more advanced angels. You get to know more about the other pilots and what their problems are, their abuse, their their mental health issues that go through it. But it all culminates in what I would argue is one of the wildest and most controversial endings to any show ever. And this is something like I. So for those out there listen, listening, I had Garrett watch as much as he was going to get to because really it's monster of the day monster of the day for as many episodes as you need to but once you get to the last two episodes it gets really trippy and i wanted him to experience it so garrett talk with me what the episode 26 and let me just make sure i can get the uh uh episode name it was like the monster who um it had a weird name to it. It was like a very like the beast who yelled "I" into the heart of man. Or something it was like very that. like uh, what's it called? The Panic at the Disco titled. You know? Yeah, I, it, it was a song on Fall, Fall Out Boys from Under the Cork Tree. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so talk, uh, talk, talk about it. So, so let me ask you because so I watched for everyone out there. I watched the first four episodes. Got a little bit of a grasp what was going on. A little yeah. bit of the formula that they were serving. And then I watched the final episode. Before I get into what the final episode was like, Kyle, was there anything in the lead up to episode 26 that led you to believe it was going to be like? Like, imagine if you watched Beverly Hills 90210 for 25 episodes, and then the 26th episode was Ian Ziering, but it was Ian Ziering in Sharknado. Like, was it like that? Was it that stark of a contrast or was there a build to this sort of maniacal Stanley Kubrick-esque vision that we got? So I'm going to say no. And I will give you kind of a crux is that Ray and Shinji fight this large, basically, ball. And this ball kind of encapsulates all of them. And mm -hmm. they all kind of like have these weird dimensional warping things. And then the episode ends and then we get to episode 25 and 26. So I don't know. It, 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 it's like what happened to Shinji and Ray and all the people that were there. And then what we're left with was this weird, like trippy art project that came out at the end. And I'll explain where it came from in a little bit. But Garrett, just like walk, tell people what the last episode was all about. Well, I, I said something. So when you, before I started watching episodes of this show, uh, my wife asks every week, what are you watching? And I said, I don't know, Neon something. And she's like, Neon Genesis, Evangelion? I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. And she discussed how she had watched it 15, 18 years ago, and she didn't really understand the ending. And you actually hopped on the phone with her, and I walked out of the room doing the la-la-la-las, and you uh, described to her the ending. 
So after I watched it, she goes, what do you think? And I said, well, I just watched a 22 minute therapy session. <laughs> and, and she's like, you should absolutely tell Kyle that when you get yeah. on the call. Okay. Yeah. So that's well, that's what it, was. it was a 22 minute therapy session. Mm-hmm. It was, the animation was borderline. It, it reminded me. All right, guys, I'm going to pull two music. Yeah, seriously, this requires a mental dreamscape. Uh, it's a drive to walk us through here. The animation of the first eight minutes or ten minutes of the episode was take AHA's take on me mm-hmm. with the animated character, yeah. but then blend in the Gautier, somebody that I used to know video <laughs> where they're, like, painting in, like, time. And then, and then intersperse non-related still frames of real life images, like, like yes. a recycling bin, or like and a bike overturned of, on lots the lots of Tokyo subway stairs. Yes. It was very artsy. It was super artsy. So visually, it was weird. It was like you were watching it, the episode. It screamed to me, it, yeah. it screamed to me, um, it's a floating trash bag. Isn't it the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? <laughs> I know it's a trash. No, but like, as you said, it's, it's interspersed imagery. They warp how the anime looks. They warp how different things are happening. But really, it's just Shinji in an open space and other characters kind of inter- talking to him, essentially, over the course of the mm-hmm. episode. And you say it's a therapy session, and that's very true. It's like Shinji coming to terms with what it means to be himself and also being hated or feeling like he's hated. He's like, when, right. I ride the pilot, when I'm a pilot of Eva, they love me, but I hate myself and they hate me too. And I hate myself. And it's a lot of self-brooding. And he's having, he's having all of this self-doubt. And then the characters from the anime are popping up in visions and they're, they're challenging him and his beliefs and how he feels about himself yeah. and telling him that other people don't feel the way that he thinks they feel. And they're encouraging him to, like, you see then building this boy's confidence to try and break through a wall. And then out of nowhere, he accepts himself. And, well, bef- no. You're saying there's so much more. That's what's most crazy thing about it is like, it, it's, there's nothing that happens, and then a lot that happens. Like, right, well, well so, so, so he's going to everyone hates me. I don't know what's going on. And then he starts seeing this vision where he's in school and this whole Eva thing, the Evangelion, the angels, they don't exist. Mm-hmm. And all these characters that are in his life start being like that roommate, big sister character we talked about. Well, she's yeah. actually like the cool teacher. Right. And Asuka, the other pilot who like flirts with him, that's actually his childhood friend who always shows up at his house and brings him to school and blah, blah, blah. And so I really thought they were going to pull a fight club yeah. with you all along. This isn't really happening. Or Dallas where it's like, it was just a dream. You know? And you know what's funny is when I first watched it, I thought that was actually going to be a two because it ends first in like what looks to be like a sound stage or like in a playroom mm-hmm. where people are like rehearsing a play. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, please don't tell me this is, was like a, like a St. Elsewhere. It was in the snow globe of an autistic child kind of thing. And it was in someone else's head all along. Like I would have been really miffed by that, but it wasn't. It was crazy but yeah and and also like it intersperses with like i hate myself and then with no one talking just the words like is that true pops up it's so trippy and like 
I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's like, it was like a full blown therapy session, but what happens? Where's the, what was the closure of all of it? I mean, his acceptance of himself as a worthwhile human being. And then the world opens up to the, every cast member of the whole show clapping. Oh, right. So the veil comes down. Everyone's clapping. No one says anything original. They all go, congratulations. 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 And I'm like, uh, again, he's reached the 12th step of therapy. And he's like, accepted himself. Yes. So what, what did you think, Gary? Did you think that that's how a show about fighting robots would end? It felt like a show that thought it was going to have a lot more time to say what it needed to say. Mm. And so they're like, well, got to put a wrap a bow on it somehow and mm-hmm. just threw this together. So you, you're, you're partially right, actually. And so the, the um, author of this uh, anime, uh, Hideki Anno, uh, was from, it was, was kind of like, this was like a skeleton crew. He was kind of at the last, and he did, didn't need to finish the season. But he was also going through a major bout of depression at the time mm-hmm. and having like a real mental breakdown. Just the stress of trying to finish this show on top of having a skeleton crew, his budget kept getting cut. Um, it, it wasn't like supposed to, it wasn't really like heavily, you know, funded to begin with. And he was having some real mental health issues. So this honestly was him talking through his depression and through his anxiety. Cause they do mention things like anxiety. I hate myself. All the things that are, these are him talking through his own angst through right. the course of the show. And while the, and, 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 and for most people, that was a very enlightening and emotionally uh, sufficient and emotionally enlightening part of watching anime. Mm-hmm. It was more deep than they ever thought they could get with a mecha show. Right. Others thought it was so out of left field and so quick and didn't pace well with anything else that they're like, that was stupid. Why did I invest my time in this show? So it's very controversial. So now knowing the subtext of this show that the author essentially had a a mental breakdown, finishing this show, trying to get it right. And also going through depression at the same time, do you fall in the category of like how beautiful this man was able to like, take the strife of this character reflected on himself and artistically end it almost like a, like a Van Gogh cutting his ear off in the course of making this thing. Or are you like the other half, which was like, it made no sense. It was kooky bananas nonsense. And I don't get it. Where, which, which side do you fall on? I think I am firmly planted in the middle. Okay. I feel like, the people, and I'm sorry to those out there for speaking for you, if this is not mm-hmm. how you feel. I feel like the people who would say this is so far out of left field, what was he doing? This yeah. is insanity. Those are the people that just wanted it to be about mech fighting. Right. And if, if there was going to be a big ending, it was going to be a big fight with a big explosion and a big result mm-hmm. that way. And it was going to be simple. Um, and it was going to be solved. That. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who feels that way, who's like, no, it was simple, and he just tried to overcomplicate it, I think that they were failing to see how deep it was from the very beginning because obviously they were trying to add layers to all of these characters. 
Um, so, but at the same time, the way that it was delivered, I have no, I have no issue with how it ended, like the result of finding self-worth. Mm-hmm. I do have an issue with how it was delivered. Yeah. Did you think it was maybe, was it, was it in the artsy fartsiness of it or was it just in the overall? I don't want to say artsy fartsy. I'll just say a bit scatterbrained and, and over the top. Right. And I think it was so controversial that, but also had this weird aha effect for everybody who watched it, that it became considered a masterpiece by most, but to satisfy the, the other half, the people that wanted more understanding of what the hell was happening. There was a subsequent media that followed that tried to fill in the blanks of how to do it. And that led to, what is essentially the Star Wars extended universe of Neon Genesis Evangelion. So in order for you to really, like to watch Evangelion from one to 26, it makes no sense, right? But then they threw in these kind of movies and these OVAs in the middle to kind of flesh it out. And they also added another subsequent movie at the, to watch after 26 that makes Mm -hmm. sense of it all. And so in that sense, so now would you do you like hearing it that it was this standalone concept kind of like star wars but then what's it called uh you know george lucas came in and fucked and said oh this this new uh no but this wasn't how i wanted it to be or i didn't explain it right so here i'm gonna make it the, the special edition and stuff like that so that's what it ended i up. have i have no problem with i have no problem with an open-ended universe so there's both you brought up George Lucas. So right. George Lucas is both a genius and the worst mm-hmm. because he's a genius in that he allowed other people, not himself to create a universe with these other characters. And mm-hmm. he was like, this is your world to play in. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. But like going back and editing shots to be like, no, this is how I intended it. That's like, you're, you're taking something that is already so loved and, and, and playing with it. Um, for this show, if you were to tell me that they did a movie at the end of it, to me, that's like, did you ever watch Entourage? I've not, no. So Entourage on HBO is just a, it's, it's an over-the-top take on what it is to be a burgeoning star in Hollywood. And it had a beginning, it puttered around, but you know what? They wrapped a bow on it. And they're like, this is how it ends. And then a few years later, they're like, well, but what if we made a movie? Mm -hmm. And the movie is not going, what are you going to do? Are you going to change how the story ended? Are you, to me, it sounds like an apology. To me, it sounds like, and I don't know anything about this person. So if he has had a tragic past, I apologize. But it sounds like the guy who's going through an issue through Evangelion together at the very end. And then years later, he was provided the opportunity to right the wrong done to him. Right. I think he probably would have been better off to just leave it as it was and let it be polarizing. Mm. You know, um, I'm reading this book about um, great American golf courses. Mm. And the guy who wrote the book says that he wants courses that are beloved but he goes, in order for a course to truly be great, 
someone needs to say they hate it. Mm. Because without that contrasting opinion, mm. you know, it's... Because it's, it's got it's imperfections and imperfections that make art, right? And yeah. I think for me, and so what's crazy is that it started with the 26 episode anime, but according to the anime universe, and I have the list up now, this is the actual way you're supposed to watch Neon oh. Genesis Evangelion in chronological order. You ready? So the yeah. first thing you're supposed to do is watch the first six episodes. Stop there, right? Then you're supposed to watch the first Evangelion movie called You Are, uh, in parentheses, Not Alone, mm-hmm. not the Michael Jackson song. <laughs> and you're supposed to watch that, which was a movie that was made in 2007. So that was... 20, uh, uh, as 10 years after the completion of the TV show. Correct, 12. So it was a long time. Yeah. And after when the supposed disaster was supposed to happen. So uh, <laughs> then you're supposed to go back into the anime and watch episodes seven to 20. Yep. Right. So you're old. You haven't even finished the series and you've already watched them. Can I stop you right here? Yeah. No, no, no. Shut up. Not you. <laughs> uh, for better or for worse, you watch things as they are released. Right. Star Wars. When George Lucas made Star Wars, he could have made episode one. There is a reason he made episode four, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and, and that's another thing. The Marvel universe does it too well. This is the order in which you should really watch it. No, man, I'm going to watch it the order in which it was, was released. Mm-hmm. And I understand that that might not be your desired order deep down and that the corporate heads made you go in a sor- certain order. But this like, it's like going to In-N-Out Burger and being told that there's a secret menu, uh, but you, the menu's not listed, so you don't know what you're actually able to order. Right. I don't dig that. I don't dig the, well, if you do this, if you, if you play Dark Side of the Moon, line, that's actually kind of cool with The Wizard yeah. of Oz. But. That, that's, that's a completely different experience. But I'm just going to wrap it up because I'm, I'm not suggesting anybody this, but this is what the right. nerds say. So once again, you go from one, you go one to six, then you mm-hmm. do the first movie, Evangelion. Yep. Then you watch the next episode, 7 to 20. Mm-hmm. Then you watch the second movie, Evangelion 2.0. You can, in parentheses, not advance. Then you're supposed to watch episodes 21 to 24. Then you're supposed to watch another movie, Evangelion Death, in the parentheses, true to squared, it looks like. Then you watch the weird 25, 26 episodes. And then you watch the cap movie called The End of Evangelion. And okay. that is over the course of twenty six episodes. You're all supposed to watch another four movies. So, so they you get it, man. So it sounds like they did twenty six episodes. Yes. And then someone was willing to give them money to make up for their mistakes. Yeah, they called it. Basically, like, oh, we realized that we made a massive jump in story that you would never understand. Yes. So now we have to give you some background information. Right. In fact, it's also it's actually called the rebuild the Evangelion brand. And, and you know what that is, Kyle? That's like playing Assassin's Creed on PlayStation and then being told that you have to play the PSP game to know the storyline. Yeah, that, that's frustrating. I get it. And, and you know what? I was never going to intend to do this myself. I think for anybody out there, get, watch, just watch the 26 episodes and just like have your opinion about it because it's, right. it's ultimately fun in my mind. If you just kind of treat it as like people say this is great, I'm going to watch it and be as flabbergasted as everyone else who's watched it. And yeah. I don't need to like 
have it be the way, you know, 20 years later was told is the right way of watching it. So yeah, I'm with I you agree. on that. But so what we're going to do is I give you the final two questions when we, as we end the show. The first one is, besides the weird ending, like if you didn't have to watch the weird ending, if you didn't know about the weird revisiting of the, of the timeline, seeing the, like the mecha, angsty, mecha stop style mm-hmm. of it, would you keep watching it knowing the first four episodes that you watched? I would not. It's a bit too melancholy for me. Right. It's it's very slow paced, and um, I watched it just kind of as like almost like an art project more than anything else. I was like, well, people say this is amazing, so I'm gonna go watch it. Um, and then so the next thing we're gonna do is what's called the Weeb and Noob score. The Weeb and Noob score doesn't signify if a show is or, is good or bad or not, and there by no means would Garrett and I ever dare say do not watch the Genesis Evangelion. All right, folks, you, you, you can unsick your army on us, but essentially. Uh, what the Weeb and Noob score means is how important it is to your overall digest. How soon should mm-hmm. you watch it if you're going to embark on anime as a new fan or, or, or a weeb, essentially, like myself. Um, and a high score means go watch it now. A lower score means you can put it aside and still watch it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, and I know that this is pure and utter, uh, just this is me representing the culture, not my own opinion of it. I would give Evangelion a nine in that. It is like watching Dr. Strangelove when you have zero context of what Dr. Strangelove is. It's going to be a weird movie. It's going to, just as Evangelion is a mecha show with a weird ending, it's, it was important for its time. Just like the historic value of it, the cultural value of it, you should still watch it. Um, do I like it? I like, I like mecha action. I think it's kind of fun. Mecha's not really my style, but I'm also not going to ding it for people who want to know what anime is all about this is actually not a bad place to start so for that i give it a 9.0 garrett what do you give neon genesis evangelion for a new fan's perspective kyle you're gonna have to turn off the comments section (laughs) they're releasing the hounds i am going to be very generous and give it a 6.5 but i don't know yeah go ahead it is it is slow paced but Slow pacing is not bad. Right. It's bad when it's executed poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual aliens, the animation itself is crap. Mm. I mean, it's, it's simplistic at its best, the aliens, and not even simple in an artful way. And the aliens are, or, or the, sorry, the angels are these mishmash of characters that we've seen other places before. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a upset teen, mm-hmm. so there's nothing original there. Uh, trying to win the approval is there was there was nothing about it that to me said the juice was worth the squeeze. And I'm sorry if, if you love it out there. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that as a noob, my personal opinion, which in the grand scope of theme things means absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. um, is that it's a it's a six point five. But you know what? Ultimately, I think as a prescriptive measure for the show, that is what it is, right? For a fan of anime, if you want to know what anime is, Neon Genesis Evangelion is on the list. It's on the, it's on the required reading, right? Yep. So do it. If you're a new fan, Mecca's kind of gone the way the Dodo. People don't really like it that much anymore. So there's mm-hmm. all the ways you can get into the show. So it might be much lower on your list. But eventually, if you might start to like it, people are like, what is the show to watch? Neon Genesis is going to be on the top 
list of every like website you find. They're going to call it a masterpiece. You're going to look at it and you're going to be like, I don't get it. That's also possible. I, I foresee that happening with this show. This week, I might try and scour the internet and find a video of someone who's like passionately and vehemently uh, defending the ending. I think you're going to not search long. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as we embark on uh, the end of our evening, we also um, are about to jump into our Avas ourselves. It's always important to hear your thoughts. Is Neon Genesis Evangelion the perfect art piece that fully encapsulates anime and all of its perfection? Or is it too artsy, too old, too much, too slow, all at the same time, and you don't quite get it? That's also all those world of valid arguments. Let us know in the comments below because we really want to continue the conversation, especially for a show as like as important as Neon Genesis Evangelion is. Um, you can also follow us on all our social media, including our um, Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob, as well as our Instagram at Wamba Podcast. While we can also follow us on uh, your anchor.fm slash Wamba Podcast or anywhere your podcast is found. However, when you do, make sure you give us a five, 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 five star review. It helps us get uh, the show on the road and help people see us uh, in the future. It really helps elevate our show. So as we end this evening and we end and we open the bear trap and release the bees and release the hounds on us, Garrett, especially once aimed at you, what is your final thoughts on Neon Genesis Evangelion? Don't fear the LCL fluid, baby. Let it fill your lungs. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so we're going to be jumping into our Avas, stabbing angels in the heart, finding our angsty self. All in all, to wish you all fantastic. See you next week. Take care, y'all. Thank <laughs> you.